we, we did talk last week about going out and about and seeing if anyone around your locality had any Union Jacks. Yeah, I did go for that one. Did you see anyone? No. No? I didn't notice a single... Interesting. I did not notice a single place that was that was publicly advertising for the Queen. There was uh, a Glasgow, famous Glasgow pub, uh, the Loudoun Tavern, which right. essentially gave itself a makeover in honour of the Queen, <laughs> but to, a, to almost like a changing rooms-esque standard. Oh. It, it was as if Carl Vorderman and co. had been in and said, you know what, we need to make everything in here white, blue and red, and yeah. I don't care what <laughs> sort of surface we're talking about. I want the car- or the carpets, I want the couches, I want the, the ceiling, I want the wall. Everything in was there it worth it was like them? a camera obscura. Was it really worth it for them? I bet they regret that already. I don't know, well, maybe. I mean, a lot of these people clearly are very big fans of the Queen, but I am surprised to hear that you didn't see anyone or any any residents uh, near your part of Glasgow. No, nope. without any. That's interesting. No, I, I like granted. I, I did walk to a green space, so I didn't encounter too many buildings. But of the buildings I did encounter, which is more than one and fewer than a thousand, uh, <laughs> zero. So that's a pretty good polling. Uh, number so my area zero queen supporters right. as far as I'm aware did you see any of the online coverage of uh, these public jubilee gatherings which various councils across the UK had a te- uh, had set up you know big oh, screens boy. to show jubilee no. services and little areas no, with Union Jacks and real. essentially there was this big thread uh, this big thread on Twitter of uh, <laughs> these places in Liverpool and uh, Glasgow, with nobody there, <laughs> and Perth being another one, which was very enjoyable. I I didn't I didn't track the the the, the, the Jubilee news. I just I, occasionally something popped up in my Reddit feed that was big enough to crack the algorithm, but. No, I didn't. I didn't check any city's displays or any city's patriotism. I probably should have. It's cringe, and I love that stuff. Oh, it, it was very in- enjoyable. Schadenfreude, if you if you were to use a, a, a monarchist <laughs> word. Well, yeah, if you're here, we're going to use one of their words. Yeah. <laughs> also, is a uh, Sax Coburn was the original Elizabeth name. Oh yeah, I totally very forgot to drop that in last well time. Done. Anyway. Yeah, we both of us definitely remembered. We just didn't say so. I actually remembered several hours later while driving a car. I just oh, nice. you know, shouted out, oh, it's Sax Coburn. I didn't remember at all. Um, <laughs> and I lied right a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, we will talk about the Jubilee uh, later on. But sure. one thing I do want to say is, did you see there was, I didn't watch this. I just saw the screenshots. The Queen filmed like a cheeky feature with Paddington Bear. Did you no, see this? No. Okay. What? No. Oh, I'm cre- no way. <laughs> so as part of like the celebrations of being on the throne for 70 years, it was, hey, here's a funny wee sketch with me and a CGI bear. But she, she, she didn't have a clue what was going on. She sat there <laughs> completely out of her head, not knowing what she's doing, reading lines off some screen and she <laughs> doesn't even realise it's supposed to be a fictional bear. Like, I can't even imagine being the director on that shoot saying, yes, your majesty, you are. You just have to talk to the, to the empty chair. 15, queen. <laughs> Seriously, get it right this time. <laughs> but someone made a point on, uh, again, Twitter of all places, saying that if this was a real conversation, then uh, Paddington Bear would currently be detained because he came from Peru. And uh, he and his family would be on their way to Rwanda. <laughs> yeah, he'd be getting sent, sent back. He certainly would not be having tea with the Queen, I'll tell you that. Well, 
And if he was invited to the Queen, all of her relatives would be making very racist statements. <laughs> where's, where's Philip when Maybe you need him? Maybe she would slip one or two out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> She'd crack one in honour of Philip. <laughs> I'm sure Philip would have made the Jubilee more of an event. But I did enjoy the time off. Well, uh, yeah, a zombie man sat beside the Queen would have definitely made things interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, we should have some sort of celebration for our, our 300th episode. Do you know what we should do? And I, I keep seeing uh, various content creators do this. They have, like, meetups. They have, like, community meetups. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh who, people actually go to those. That's interesting behavior. Well, I think a big community i could see why people would be interested no no but it's it's like one guy or one gal who's like hey we're i'm doing a meetup in seattle at this time on this day you want to come and take pictures like, with me do you mean like just like small ish content uh, yeah types? i guess so I'm, i mean i'm i am thinking of someone who i watch who talks about pokemon here so <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean there are people all over the world who are like hey yeah, no, people people Sociable. Want to come along and meet me? And I, I am just not that cringe enough to say, you know what? Yes, yeah. I'll put on my finest Gengar T-shirt and meet you in Seattle. No, you know, you know what? If you happen to be at a Pokemon convention, and then they also happen to be at the Pokemon convention, yeah, and then fine. they said, "Hey, I'm at this convention," then you could go meet them, and you can wear your Pokemon T-shirt <laughs> with your very best of Gengars on it. Let, let me be clear: I do not own any. Pokemon t-shirts. Well, you should. I maybe did. I did. I certainly did you when should. I was 10. I'm going to buy you one. What's your size? If any- size. <laughs> size, right. size. Size right now. I'm size medium. If anyone wants to buy, medium. buy me a Gengar t-shirt, you're more than welcome. And then we can celebrate the 300th episode of this this podcast morphing into a, a Pokemon Go tutorial. You know what? To celebrate the 300th episode of this podcast, everyone, get your best Gengar t-shirts on when you listen to it. <laughs> Just the, the theme is purple yeah. and Gengar, and that's it. That's how we're gonna celebrate. I'll I'll get a Gengar T-shirt. Colin will get a Gengar T-shirt. Gengar's been with us since day one. We've mentioned that Pokemon in every episode. He is an OG. <laughs> anyway, I, th- th- just before we we continue, I did uh, go up to Inverness last weekend for my brother's birthday, and uh-huh. uh, I saw my nephew and myself and Graham were there, so that was that was great. Okay. And uh, what we tend to do, you know, I'm still kind of building the, the the relationship between my nephew and uh, and Graham at the moment. Yeah. But what tends to happen is the best way of doing that is to play Pokemon. Of course. And so you know the Pokemon gets whapped out, <laughs> and we we trade. Because we're really cool. We trade some Pokemon. And we battle and we do all the fun things that seven-year-olds who are into Pokemon do. Or six-year-olds who are Absolutely. into Absolutely. You know, when you're trying to become friends and or family that is closer, you gotta you got to share each other's passions. Yeah. And sometimes maybe you have to fake it a little bit and that's okay. Because sometimes after you faked it for like an hour or two... It becomes a little bit more real. You you enjoy the other people's enjoyment more yeah, than you yeah. actually thought. I mean, the the challenge. I'm again sorry. This is morphing. The challenge that uh, we currently have, or is it evolving? It, it's you're right. It is evolving. Whatever. I, I mean, Gengar didn't evolve any further. He was the no, he was the evolution. The yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. So, so let's see. We're at the um, we're at the ghastly stage here <laughs> of the uh, the relationship no. when it comes to. When it comes no, to making, we're cringe enough to do a meetup. <laughs> we just hit that level of cringe. Goodness sake! Right. When it comes to like making weekend plans, we we were looking at this uh, myself and Graham a, f- a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and everything yeah. we've got in the diary for the rest of the year, bar like one thing, 
it's stuff that I've been like, oh yeah, we're doing that. Or hey, I think we should go to that. Not Pokemon related, no. But <laughs> for, for example, in September, okay. it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna well, let's go to London that weekend. And I've you know I've booked off the the dates and da 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 da. Okay. And then there's like another weekend where we're going to Enchanted Forest in Pilocri, and it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna do that. So and you made that decision. The the issue is though that all of my siblings live in like the, the siblings I want to hang out with, okay. or we or we want to hang out with, sure. all live in different parts of Scotland. Just gonna, yeah, gonna travel, and which take a considerable amount of time to get there. Yeah. Whereas we want to spend a weekend with his sister. She lives literally a nine minute drive away. Yeah. So it doesn't need to go in the calendar. <laughs> so you're, you're just the calendar man, everyone's favorite Batman villain. Um, and and want to go on a date with death? Graham is spontaneous man. That other definite. <laughs> Villain that I didn't just make up. Die now, um, and that's fine. You can, you can, you can be the one in the calendar, and then you know Graham can have all the all the spontaneous plans. Yeah, yeah. However, you you do got to be careful that you're not just being the only person who's like uh, having the ideas, yeah, and yeah. validating the ideas. And, and yeah. also, it's knowing that you know a weekend spent with myself and my three brothers can be a bit intense, J- just a little bit. Yeah. Right, right, and that has been. Very evident from previous like siblings, partners, and now wives who have just said, "Yeah, when I first met you, I was terrified, and I wanted to go home." Yeah, and that's yeah, that's been uh, yeah something that's lurking at the back of my mind. So when we were playing walking football last week, and I wanted to like run around and shout like a lunatic, uh-huh. I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be funny. I'll restrain myself and just chill. Going to be calendar man. <laughs> calendar man. And this is seesaw parade. Your new favorite. <laughs> Relationship advice Ooh. program brought to you yeah. by uh, by Spotify. I'm Colin. Calendar man. Calendar man. I'm done. I'm done the calendar man jokes. They're and he's he's James, which is I don't know, Twitch man, stream boy. Whoa, that just stream. No, both of those sound horrible. And stream I boy. <laughs> Let's go for that. Boy. I bet there is a superhero called Stream Boy in one magazine right now. Someone <laughs> is distributing Stream Boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. Keep that stream going. Googling it. And welcome to your new favourite podcast, Scotland's longest-running podcast uh, since a long time ago. And this is episode 287, creeping towards that Platinum Jubilee. 13 episodes to go. And we will we will do something. Maybe just myself and James will do something and no one else will be invited. But that's what we'll do to market. Get them t-shirts on. I did actually wear uh, the Seesaw Parade t-shirt I have, which is a little bit yellow now because I've worn it quite a lot, oh. uh, to the to the, to the the Tesco. And I realised I am, you know, in many cases, just giving free advertising to this show. So if you have listened to this show because you saw my t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> I'm sure you're not regretting Definitely it. It has happened. Please let us know. Yeah, and you can get in touch with the show, as some of you have done, at Seesaw Parade on Twitter or seesawparade at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can just reach out to us individually. We did get a message from Amel, who was responding to our chat about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and wondering why okay, yeah. uh, Johnny Depp had all the fans. She said, enjoyed the chat. Just a thought to add to your question as to why Depp had the fans and Heard had the memes. Absolutely. Regardless of innocence or guilt, some good old-fashioned mistake misogyny of both the classic and internalized varieties for sure a factor hashtag patriarchy always lurking yeah, I did, we did not give that enough of an we did not. time. That there, of course, is the is the standard internet troll sexist types who just don't like the women. Uh, dump on anything that that uh, they disagree with, which we're seeing right now. Actually, 
Um, we have a little bit of sexist, a little bit of uh, racist, a little bit of Islamophobia with Miss Marvel, the new TV series oh, being reviewed. Yes. There we go. Entry one in the actual discussions that we didn't plan. <laughs> How about that? So this is, uh, to, to give the context, I did see this the other day, actually. The new Marvel TV show, Miss Marvel, which focuses on mm-hmm. a Pakistani-Canadian teenager. Uh, so, you know, for the racists out there, at least she speaks English. And yeah, and I think she's supposed to be a, a lesbian character as well. Okay, right. So she's ticking all the boxes. Yeah. And the response from critics has been very, very good. People saying, yeah, you know, this is great. It's, and it's wow. the fact that yeah. it's not just a white person yeah. being a superhero. We've got now someone of Pakistani origin playing a superhero. And they've leaned a bit into that with the show so far, just a little bit, and I like it. Okay, and the show is meant to be more than just, uh, you know reaching an audience who are finally seeing themselves represented in this genre for the first time. It's actually meant to be quite a good show. Well-written, decent, funny, entertaining. It's and like that, a, It's like a six. <laughs> right? Okay. Six out of ten, we'll take that. But all those combinations, all these like nice things that people are being said uh, about the show is getting a lot of people very wound up. Yeah. As you've said. Which is which is where the internet trolls come back in, which is where the memes come back in, yeah, which is where yeah. the review bombs come back in, which is where it relates to the Amber Heard trial, where there is always this lurking, and it's not even lurking, it's very, very, very uh, loudly present, uh, just straight up bigoted response to anything. The interesting thing about this, and I know the, the Heard Depp trial will uh, eventually resurface in terms of headlines because there's talk now well, of, when they appeal it, of an yeah. appeal and uh, various payments or people turning down payments if appeals are dropped by the sounds of things Johnny Depp's uh, career is is now kind of back on track he's he's getting the offers in again this that the next thing whereas Amber heard that, that I mean that's when's the next time she'll get a gig in Hollywood because well people fa- and supporters of Johnny Depp will now just go all out for that movie if and when that does happen yeah we'll see what happens it would be uh, I, 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 similar, similar to to the to the memes and to the to the bullying. It would be a, it would be a shame if it was just completely inverted and only one of their careers got tanked yeah, the yeah, other yeah. way compared to like the initial response where it was just Johnny's career that got a bit tanked. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I do think she still hasn't been like necessarily dropped from any projects, but yeah, she might be struggle to pick up any new ones. I expect like there will be appeal. Yeah, uh, yeah. My guess would be a settlement outside of the court rather than going through the whole thing again. But I think one of the key things to remember is, uh, I, I think we threw the words around, and I think everyone is, is that there is no guilt here. This is a civil case. Yeah, yep. It's liable. It's it's it's, it's liable. It's, they, they, no, this is reputation like, based. Yeah. So so this isn't the law coming down and making someone's career dead and it happening because of the memes. It, it very much does lean into reputation, which can just harm careers and stuff like that. So we can still just hope that they both suffer to the degree that they they should as people who abused each other. Absolutely. That that will continue to roll on. But I do feel we've we've jumped into this a little too soon. But let's do it officially, shall we? And uh, talk about. A, a, a truly grotesque yeah, human this being. This is your favorite new pod podcast. Pod uh, we're less popular than Calendar Man. That joke didn't die. I promised it would. <laughs> I lied again. Less popular than calendars. That is true. And I have started my 2023 one because because uh, I'm Calendar Man. And let's <laughs> move on and talk about someone who is Liar Man, Boris Johnson. Or confident. Let's call him confidence man, shall we? Confi- wow. 
Okay, this is the news. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, won the backing of a majority of Tory MPs in this long-awaited confidence vote. So, for months and months and months, as we talked about in the last episode, yeah. there was chat that Tory MPs were submitting letters of no confidence in the PM to Sir Graham Brady of this uh, committee. And 54 letters, the threshold to trigger this vote was eventually reached over the weekend and on Monday morning, after just, just yeah. you know, less than 12 hours after the Jubilee ended... We suddenly had a prime ministerial vote of confidence and uh, into the Monday evening, voting took place and 148 of his own MPs voted against him. However, 211 voted that they still had confidence in him, meaning he won by 59% to 41% uh, of the votes. And it means he's now immune to a leadership challenge for a year. From within the Tory party. And, uh, yeah, indeed. And striking an upbeat tone, according to this uh, article, uh, Boris said it was a convincing result. When has 59 to 41 ever been convincing? That's literally just over half. Super convincing. Ask If you ask Mr. Jacob Rees-Mogg, he says it's very convincing compared to the 37 who voted against Theresa May, which was reason <laughs> for her to resign. Yeah, she, she then uh, resigned six months later. So... In the wake of this, of course, a lot of the Tories who voted against him came out and said as much. We had some of the uh, Scottish Conservatives, including Douglas Ross, who voted against him as well. Yep. Now, this doesn't seem now to have, to have really quelled anything. Of course, he's still on a job, but his authority over the party is significantly weakened if there, yeah. almost 150 of his own MPs voted against him to, to get him out. There, ha- there have been signs of a little bit of people having a backbone. The, the idea of like cutting back all the civil servants and stuff like that, different departments are saying, actually, we don't really want to do that. Yeah. So things like that, there's little hints that maybe the things that Boris is saying aren't holding as much ground as he, as he would wish if he had the confidence of his party in full and nobody was happy to rebel. Um, there's a lot of people kind of making big statements, trying to put their name out there, I guess, to maybe make an effort to be the next PM or... Um, there's been a lot of self-owning, as as I've already said, <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg coming out and just yep. contradicting himself from whatever, three, three, four, five years ago, who knows. People are trying to one-up each other over their support of Boris, ending up sabotaging their, uh, their, their, their own party, as far as I think we've had, was it Nadine who said? Probably was. That Hunt's time as health secretary led to bad pandemic preparedness, and it's like, well... That just means the Conservatives did bad pandemic preparedness, does it not? Uh, so there's, there's, it's been a big bit of drama, but it, like you're kind of hinting, it's not going to change anything, is it? Okay, well, just on that point, as you say, this has been a charade of Boris cheerleaders who have come out one at a time and basically said, yes, yeah. the Prime Minister has secured a fresh mandate. But ultimately, the obvious question is... This weakened authority, how on earth is he going to turn that around? Because 148, that's like four in ten, almost half of his own party wanted him out. And with all the uh, the background of the rising prices, of uh, the fuel costs, which we'll get to later on, as well as uh, even little things like when the next election's going to be held, uh. there's a lot that can still go even more wrong. For Boris, so I can't see 
a future where at least, you know, even a couple of these or a handful of these who voted against him suddenly say, you know what? Actually, I do believe well, that Boris mm, is the right person to lead us through this mm, next election, whenever that's going to be. The the opposition parties are maybe going to do a little no confidence challenge of their own. Uh, and I fully expect 100% of the Conservatives to back Boris if that did happen. I think that would be the tipping point is if it's Boris or other parties then everybody's going to suddenly be loyal again and believe in Boris. Um, and if he if he's going to be the leader when it comes to election time, they're going to they're going to pretend that they want him for sure. Especially if the opposition opposition parties are still hinting at working together or things like that. They don't have a backbone really. They're just going to take advantage of the slightly less powerful Boris right now to make sure that their jobs are easier. They do they do a better job of what they're doing so that when Boris finally does leave their reputation isn't tarnished by by all of the failures of the... Well, right. it's minimally tarnished by all the failures of Boris and co. We, we've had, just before we, we move on, we've had a couple of announcements this week in an attempt to shore up some support for the Prime Minister. The first one uh, was plans to help benefit claimants get a mortgage, which uh, was a new one right. and has been met with a lot of uh, claims of being unworkable from various critics and actually making the housing crisis even worse. And then there's been chat about mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. Prime Minister cutting taxes. Now, this is uh, from his own MPs yeah. who have said that yeah. this would be a great way to rebuild unity in the party and uh, to help people cope with the rising cost of living. <laughs> so what do we what do we make of this? Because that one seems very much uh, a party-enforced suggestion rather than something the Prime Minister actively wants to do. Yeah, and it's also just ridiculously stupid. Uh, <laughs> we can't afford to keep our services going as it stands, never mind if we start cutting taxes to... Yeah, yeah. All we need to do is, is the opposite, help people. Uh, help people, help the people who need it, rather than trying to just flat cut everyone's tax so that everyone benefits so that all the rich people don't feel like they got left out of the help. Um, It does feel very conservative, though it's exactly what you'd expect from the party that doesn't really know how to do economy. Uh, I'll get the door if you heard that. Yes, I did hear the doorbell, so let me uh, stall whilst you go and do that. And uh, when you return, (laughs) here's your question. And the question is... Uh, looking into your crystal ball, because by the by the looks of things on paper, uh, that's it. That the storm has passed. The Sue Gray report is out. The Met Police fines have been issued. Partygate sh- is over, as he keeps telling us. Draw a line under it. Sh- the confidence vote has has happened. He survived it. So how long does he have? <laughs> wow. Or is he just going to stay there forever? Well, not for, he wants to stay there forever. The 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 party is very keen. And on also, the, but... and also, sorry, just before you continue, go, go. I learned that the the next time the UK government must call an election is something like December 2024. That's the latest disgusting. they can do it. Disgusting. So that's disgusting. Over two years so away long. yet. That's a long time for them to keep doing their authoritarian stuff where they're taking away power right, right. and taking away responsibility and accountability so, and all those things. Come December 2024, is Boris still in charge? Uh, Crystal Balls say yes. Interesting. Uh, I'm not happy about it, but he's not going to shift and it doesn't look like the party's going to be able to shift him and I doubt that the opposition is going to be able to shift him. And it's not going to be a good thing. No, no. <laughs> if he hangs around for like another month, it's not a good thing. He should be gone by all by all accounts. Yeah. Um, for my own tuppence here, as you say there, James, there's enough in this over the last few months, year, which would have brought down any other prime minister in history. But instead, yeah. he's, just, he's just stayed and just waited for the new cycle to roll over. 
So and he's going like to stay. The conservatives are probably going to be happy because there is going to be a crisis for another couple of years at least. Yeah, for and sure. And therefore, more of it can get pinned on Boris so that they can keep blaming Boris for the next decade afterwards, you know? And and like what they can do in two years is kind of scary. They've started talking about the NHS again, the conservatives. Oh. I think, like, make sense of this for me. Did you see these? Uh, the first thing I saw of it was Boris, Boris Johnson's spokesperson saying... That Boris will transform the NHS into a blockbuster healthcare system in the age of Netflix. Yeah, he, he did. A blockbuster system in age of Netflix. What does that mean? Now, blockbuster bankrupted itself in Netflix age, right? Blockbuster <laughs> died as a business no, in no, the d- Netflix d- d- age. Does he mean just like the word blockbuster, not with a capital B? He probably does, but it really is not. <laughs> not a... But what does, that, what does that mean? Well, who knows? And then... Uh, Sajid Javid also says that the NHS is a defunct blockbuster capital B video rental store in the age of Netflix, capital N. Uh, so I think they had a briefing about blockbuster healthcare and Netflix and then kind of like just say whatever they wanted about it. But it looks like they're going to try and change things with the NHS. Now, if they are, want are they Netflix... Sorry, are they forgetting that Netflix killed blockbuster? Well, and that <laughs> Netflix is a failing business. But if they want a Netflix-style... <laughs> healthcare service like a monthly subscription type thing where you pay and you get to watch however much you need or however much you want and it doesn't really matter how much you use you just pay the same flat rate sounds to me like taxes it kind of just sounds like what we currently have where we pay a fair amount for the for the blockbuster netflix nhs and then we use as much as we need or want in a given month so it kind of sounds like we have a netflix nhs system in the netflix age and the nhs is less of a failing thing than netflix but but it sounds like so confusing to me i mean just reading into these comments which are absolutely bizarre but let's just say that he's (laughs) talking about a subscription model yeah that we're having to what essentially subscribe to the nhs and if we use it well, okay, you're, you've paid for it, so so you can have it. If you're Which not paying your NHS subscription, too bad. Too bad, yeah. You just have to heal your broken leg yourself. I'm thinking they're going to try and introduce a new like health tax or something, where it's just uh, another tax on top of national insurance, which is what it's supposed to be, and all of that stuff. But who knows? Maybe they're going to try and make it a pay what you pay what you do kind of the way go US style on us. We've known since forever <laughs> that the conservatives are trying to dismantle the NHS. Privatise um, But now that Boris has got passed his no-confidence vote, it is very telling to me that a day later, or two days later, he, they're coming out with these uh, attempts at headlines about the NHS. It's one of the first things they spoke about. Yeah, Tory's going to tour. Okay, well, let's move on. Let's go stateside, talk about politics, and a news that everyone already knew. <laughs> Former US President Donald Trump orchestrated last year's Capitol riot in an attempted coup. What? That's according to a, con- I know, right? A congressional inquiry. Wow. Uh, that is, uh, was aired in prime time on US TV on Thursday night. It's currently Friday afternoon, by the way. Uh, this was words from Liz Cheney, who's the Republican vice chair of the committee, who has uh, been very much against uh, Trump since the beginning, really. And she, in a quote, said that the former president had lit the flame of the attack, endangering American democracy. So this is, if you recall, Mm -hmm. January 6th last year, where Trump supporters uh, stormed Congress as uh, lawmakers had met to certify Joe Biden's election victory. And after almost a year of investigation, the uh, Democratic-led House of Representatives opened on Thursday by showing clips from various interviews it had conducted with members of the inner circle 
And this included footage of the former US Attorney General Bill Barr saying he'd reportedly and repeatedly told the former president that he had lost the election and his claims of fraud were wrong. Uh, This was then Mm -hmm. met with audible gasps when they they aired the piece of footage which showed rioters who had been chanting for Vice President Mike Pence to be hanged. Trump responded by suggesting that he deserved it. And that's where we are, James. The inquiry showing lots of clips of hearings and people said, yep, this sounds like an attempted coup. So not really telling us anything new. No. And for those people who are who still believe that Trump should be president and the he, the election was stolen despite zero evidence to counter that, uh, will just ignore this and say, ah, it's just a yeah, no, they were just the Democrats going to dem. Fox News isn't airing it. Fox News won't talk about it. They won't even know about it. They won't even listen if they do know about it. This isn't going to change anything as it stands. Right. So, so what was the point of it? What I'm interested in is. What are they going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's great that they did the investigation, verified for themselves all the things that we've known the whole time because it was just kind of widely reported and easily accessible information. There was a few things in there that was, you know, secret chats and stuff like that, which is cool, but we kind of knew about those too. Um, what can they do, though? Does, do they actually have any power? Because this wasn't like a joint committee technically. Well, well they had a couple. The, the Republicans did shut down an, an independent investigation the republicans did shut down anything that would have had any power as far as i'm aware yeah but you, this is just like uh, some people gathering and going like hey this is what we think but can they can anything be done right so the democrats are, are happy with the congressional committee because rather than it just being them it's them and a couple of republicans adam kinzinger yeah there's a couple of republicans, and liz cheney yeah. who are also taking part and apparently the goal of this committee is to provide a comprehensive account of, of not only what happened in the riot uh, but also to then produce a report and maybe hold another hearing in September to then outline these findings yeah. and offer some suggestions for reform. Yeah. But as we've seen, even in the, the last few days with uh, the likes of Matthew McConaughey, who uh, is a, a native of Uvalde, who showed up um, to give a speech at the White House. Do go and watch that if you... Uh, it's really remarkable stuff. He, he gives a speech for 20 minutes about you know why, for example... They should raise the age of getting AR rifles from 18 to 21. You know, pretty pretty sensible stuff if you want to keep your guns. Very moderate. Very moderate. Yeah, how and boring. that then was uh, was passed, I believe, by the House of Representatives because there are more Democrats than Republicans, but it won't get past the Senate. So even if, yeah. for example, they come back with suggestions for reform for future American elections, so what's gonna change? it's going to fail. So what's, again, as you say, yeah. it's pointless. What's the point? <laughs> And like Republicans have the have the Supreme Court. So if, like if anything does happen, I'm sure the Supreme Court can just be like, oh no no no. <laughs> so like, hey, great, you did it. We all know it was bad. Um, Trump's never going to be in trouble. I keep, I, yeah, I want yeah. him to be. It would be very nice if he got the trouble he deserves. He's never going to be in trouble. Um, but you know, at the very least, we are seeing other people who were involved in the conspiracy getting in trouble. Um, so related to this, we this week. The leader of the Proud Boys, some of his like uh-huh. next and next in line kind of next in charge kind of folks, and some other uh, I don't remember the other group. They've they've been charged uh, with a seditious conspiracy, um, which is one of the things that a lot of Fox News analysts and Republicans have been saying. It clearly wasn't sedition because nobody's been charged with this yet. Well, now they have. Um, uh-huh. And they pled guilty to it. So imagine pleading guilty to something like seditious conspiracy, how much worse the, the actual charges could have been. 
Um, so there's like there's movement on every front except where it matters to me because it's just again it's all the peasants that are going to get in trouble all the people that were manipulated and granted some of those people are also manipulators which in this case the leader of the Proud Boys horrible terrorist manipulator uh-huh. great that he's in trouble but Trump w- wanted him on, their, on his team wanted him on his side should also be in trouble everyone who was coordinating with him should also be in trouble so I don't have a clue what actually happens to anyone who can make a difference or how a difference is going to be made. It, to me, it was, I mean, as I say, all well and good that we're seeing this and it's aired in prime time, but ultimately it's it's more of a, as often is with politics, wherever you are in the world, it's performance, it's theatre. It's not actually with any... Well, yeah, it's got purpose, ...realistic though. aim. It, I mean, it's got purpose, but it's not... Everybody knows yeah. that if they try and, you know, the, the people who believe one thing about January 6th and people who believe Trump is an innocent party in it all and it was a, a, a just a mob who were out to do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. This, there wasn't like a weird plan to get Pence sent out to the random middle of nowhere so he couldn't, you know, right. be effective and maybe even get killed while he was away. You know, there was no weird plan like that. It was just a, it was anyway, just, it was just a coincidence. Regardless of who you are and what side of the aisle, these findings and this uh, report doesn't change a thing because yeah. you've got your view and regardless of even if it's a Republican who says it, you're still, you've got your view on it. Uh, and so ultimately it doesn't change anyone's mind. It tells us what we already knew. And even if there are some findings and things that they want to suggest to make the electoral system in the States more transparent, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to go through. So it's, as you say, it has a purpose, but it's totally pointless I am which is a very defeatist view I know but it, but that's reality yeah yeah. I'm going to try and be less defeatist to it in there, there are state level ideas for reforms and things like that that can go through um, there's there's still the states are still grinding towards changing the way the electoral college works just by all voting with the popular vote even if because it's hard to explain the way the states work the, the people who the voters choose to represent them in the electoral college can just vote however they want. Right, right. Um, so there's a lot of states banding together to say, hey, if there's enough of us, we can just all agree to vote in line with the popular vote, not whatever our state vote was. And then the president will always be represented by a popular vote rather than all these gerrymandered states and all the states that have more power than they deserve and stuff like that. That kind of reform is possible without going through Congress and Senate and stuff because it's state state level. So I'm sure there's also state level responses to things like this, where you want more transparent elections, the states can enact that. And the ones that are led more sensibly will be able to say, we're doing this because of this hearing and that we have to do it at state level because, you know, Senate sucks. And we might see that. There, there, there's room for improvement even in some of the slightly more no- normal and less extreme states. So there's there's nice things. And then maybe in September or whatever, when they're going to be telling us what the next steps are, there will be some realistic ones. Who knows? Okay, James, let's move on. Let's talk about other stories which have been making the headlines. Let's start with Ukraine and then we'll talk uh, some other stories closer to home. So the the headlines this week have come from President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, in which he's essentially told the BBC via some uh, presidential aides that between 100 and 200 Ukrainian troops are being killed on the front line every 
day. Uh, this is Mikhailo Podolyak said that Ukraine needed hundreds of Western artillery systems to level the playing field with Russia yeah. in the eastern Donbass region. There's still fierce fighting yeah. over at the city of Severodonetsk, which Zelensky had previously described as essentially the heart of the, the fight for Ukraine, because that, uh, if they, the Russians take that city, would essentially see them in control of the Donbass region. And, and as we've said before, they ain't going to give that back. No. That's very much theirs now. No. I- and he's also said, Zelensky also said that Kiev is not ready to resume peace talks with Moscow. Well, yeah, not ready, even though quite a few Western nations are suggesting that maybe they should just, you know, agree to give up some of their land to make the peace happen. Because, hey, the, there's a little bit of an expensive crisis going on. So please stop being <laughs> such a difficult... Uh, country. Yeah. Uh, so just just at that point, before you go any further, Zelensky had said that peace talks would only resume if Russia surrendered the territory it had gained yeah. since the invasion started in February. And that just, I'm sorry, is not going to happen. So we're at an impasse. No, and especially Putin's still doing a whole lot of headliney. I'm getting us land back kind of statements. So yep. it looks like a forever war for sure at this point. Um I, I would say whatever Ukraine needs, we should be pretty happy to provide them. Uh, Russia aren't really going to hold back. They're not going to do anything that isn't war crimes. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to abide by by the rules of, of combat and stuff. So just yeah, why uh, act like we're not provoking them? Just give them and give, give Ukraine what they need. It's going to cost us a ton, but that money also goes back into our infrastructure. It just goes back into... Our manufacturers and stuff is not a real cost as far as things go, um, and it, and it secures uh, another independent sovereign country a lot. So it's a shame to see the rumors uh, that most of the countries that are backing Ukraine are kind of suggesting, "Hey, just do a peace talks, please," um, because it doesn't feel like it's impossible to overcome. Uh, Russia, who are just going to keep exhausting themselves, throwing numbers and throwing munitions at the line. Just to that, it's just, it sucks. Right, just to that point, because as we say, we we talked there about Ukrainian losses, but of course there are Russian losses happening as well. Mm-hmm. On top of the sanctions which have been uh, enforced on the country, although we did have Putin this week come out and say that actually Russia is making more money than ever because of the well big jump in fuel prices. Now, of course, he's going to say that. Yeah. Um, and the demand for oil has has bumped those prices right up, but there is still this commitment to end reliance on Russian oil, not not gas. That's not been spoken about yet, but ga- but oil certainly <laughs> within uh, whether it's this year or next year. The time frame is pretty pretty short. And Putin basically said these countries are going to come back. They're going to come back. These companies ain't concreting over the oil wells in Russia because they know. They're going to come back. So I think that's going to f- strengthen the resolve of several countries, perhaps the EU, to say, well, actually, you know what? No, well, we, the, are, we are done. The, the countries that are trying to become less dependent on Russian oil and more dependent on things like you know green energy are just going to benefit. They're going to learn that actually it's not so impossible after all to do and that all the politicians were just yeah, being yeah. lazy and were being bought out by, uh, by oil companies and lobbied by oil, co- oil companies. So hopefully this is just a chance for those countries to learn that they don't need to rely on it. And it's like a secondary benefit. It, it like it pales in comparison to everything else. We should still be um, funding Russia less as countries. We should be completely detached. Yeah, but we're not. 
um, we should be uh, reliant on on whatever it possible we like whatever source possible for all these things because there's so much there is an actual just overabundance of oil still so that even if we want to rely on the thing to run our countries for another couple of years as we try to set up more more green energy it's there's tons of it it's just controlled by enough companies that they can keep it inflated so that we have to pay extra money but it doesn't have to be russia that is true the headlines that you may have seen in britain over the last couple of days are that two british people or soldiers yeah. who had been captured by the russians while fighting for ukraine have been sentenced to death by a proxy court in eastern ukraine in the donbass regions this is uh, aiden aslan and sean pinner had been accused of being mercenaries uh, the court, which is not internationally recognised, is the pro-Russian so-called Donetsk People's Republic. Uh-huh. And of course, the UK and Ukraine have condemned the sentences for violating international laws mm-hmm. protecting prisoners of war. Uh, so the families of these two have insisted they are long-serving members of the Ukrainian military and not mercenaries. And there is an appeal against this sentence. By imag- I imagine it's going to do very little to sway them. But this, of course, is now... This is where... The war becomes more localized. Yeah, I believe. I believe there's also like, um, was it a Moroccan as well? Yeah, there's there's a Moroccan too. Yeah. Let let us not let us not erase the Moroccan. No, indeed. I'm just making this a very British centric story. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, you're right in that it's very directly going to just, I hope, galvanize the British people to realize that maybe there's reasons to be invested in this. You know, some of some of our own are being put into a sham trial and maybe going to get killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will help people care more about it, even though it's just. It's just two more people compared to the other two more people for every other family in Ukraine and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's a sham trial. And yeah, they've they've lived there for a while. And who knows? Maybe they have been involved in military for that long. And it, like R- Russia are probably just trying to stoke everyone's anger to, I don't know why they want to prolong this or make the UK more invested, but th- that's what's going to happen. I hope it doesn't just make us want to s- stop helping Ukraine. Um but it's the same again where every time we talk about this, all I want to do is talk about all the other countries who are experiencing unjust war and experiencing mass civilian death and experiencing so many things. And we've got zero headlines about it and zero support for it. Yep. Um, and then two people from the UK that have lived elsewhere for a long time go through a sham trial and a huge news. Well, it's, as we've talked about before, it's because it's, yes, the yeah, I know why. appetite of the British audience is for British stories or stuff that affects them. Yeah. And as we talked Which about... it makes complete sense. When the Ukrainian war began, because it was in Europe, there was more interest than, say, what's happening in Ethiopia. Yeah. The civil war there, or, or various other wars happening around the world. There, there simply isn't the interest in, from British audiences in what's happening in the middle of Africa. Yeah. And that's the reality. Sad though it is. But but yeah, like we we'll talk about it, and that 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 will I guess make me sleep at night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to more British news, and this is hey. the truly dark day, according to the RAC. Wait, what? Because the average cost of filling your typical family car with petrol has exceeded one hundred pounds for the very first time. So this is figures from oh. uh, well various aggregates of petrol stations across the country, uh, which showed that at UK four courts on Wednesday, a litre of petrol was costing you 182 pence, yep. uh, an increase of almost 
two pence compared to the previous day, which is mad. And that took the average cost of uh, filling a 55-litre family car to £100.27. Diesel is even more expensive, and there are some parts of the UK, uh, mainly in the, um, the islands back where your home is, James, which... Oh yeah, or where prices are are reaching two pound a liter? Wow, which is uh, yeah, bad news for everybody. It is. And it's certainly, as someone who drives to Fife and back every week, tell you it is pricey. Yeah, it's very pricey. But you know, it is just another reminder that maybe we as a country should have invested in you know public transport being good, infrastructure being good, uh-huh. and having alternate things like remote working for people who need to drive all the time. Uh, so that people who do need to drive can do it a little bit faster and stuff like that um, and spend less time idling on a traffic jam. Um, all of these things, like one indicator that these energy companies are scamming us and they're giving out huge bonuses to their execs and to everyone in the company while they're just scamming everyone and making record profits off of a crisis and manipulating us. And two, just how bad the leadership of this nation has been for a very long time, including the last Labour government, if I can borrow a conservative line, um, where we just have not invested in anything that helps people enough. And we need to be investing in things that help people more, like good public transport, which, uh, speaking of, the the northern line, the new train line, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Manchester, stuff like that, uh-huh. that's been it. That's been cancelled. Oh, has it? Or has quietly cancelled that, yeah. Oh, great. It would have cost less than all of the corruption of the uh, of the yep. uh, conservative contracts pa- uh, dished out during pandemic, but it still was worth just deleting because it was too much money. Yeah, the the thing with conservative and particularly with with capitalist um, practices is that investing in say public transport where there is no real benefactor because yeah, it doesn't ultimately feel like a business enough right it, doesn't, it just doesn't make enough money right there and then no, nobody makes money when it comes to that so for example calmac the ferry operator makes a substantial loss and has to be subsidized by the scottish government because it costs so much to run these ferries where in some cases the the passengers and what they're paying simply does not cover the cost and the same yeah. is true of public transport generally which is why when we saw i think last week germany introduced a nine euro a month ticket for public transport basically anywhere for the whole month wow and everyone's like oh that's amazing and then you realize no you couldn't do that here because <laughs> none of these none of these companies would make any money well yeah because we'd just be paying all that money to some random company yeah they, we'd have to be subsidizing them for all the massive amount of ticket ticket price loss and it's crazy that we just have this such a reliance on such a thing as driving um, but it's very deliberate. It's been a deliberate move of governments for a very long time right. in several countries to get everybody to believe that a car equals independence and that a car equals like freedom. When you're just like tied down to an oil company and a car company, and that's it. Instead of like having freedom to just do what you want when you want, you could have a car and still have good public transport and use which one is the best for you. Yep. When right now the option is a car because public transport costs way more than is sustainable for anybody to afford. Well, part of the the criticism about these prices, of course, comes in uh, the UK government taking too much in fuel duty, but also the oil refineries themselves who aren't passing on the fact that oil is, is now cheaper than it was a few months ago. And so they are the ones who are benef- uh, benefiting from this. As we talked about uh, recently, the likes of BP and Shell combining uh, combines their first quarter profits, and it came to something like twenty five billion dollars. And, and in, but in the world of 
of of that sort of UK government policy, that's a good thing because look, businesses making money, we like that. But now it's at the expense of UK people paying more than they ever have had to in the past for fuel, and there has to be some sort of for the Conservative and for the UK government and for governments around the world where they can still have their businesses making money, but people aren't having to choose between, yeah, you know, can I fill up my car this week? And I know that's a very middle class problem, but that being said, it is an unwieldy amount of money you're having to spend just to fill up a car. Well, some people I was seeing reports like nurses who have to go a long way to work are actually spending more money on fuel than they make in a day. Right, yeah, yeah. It's not sustainable. This is going to be a disaster unless people get a whole lot of help. And I completely agree with like taxing fuel and stuff like that. M- much like I agree with lots of other taxes, they're not super effective. I'd rather the business get taxed. And that's what we should be doing, taxing the businesses, because they're just taking advantage, making record profits off of crisis. Like, do you remember when oil was, was in, like, you could you could get paid to take oil it, at, the, at the beginning of the pandemic? It was in, like, negative money. You, you were actually losing yeah, money. Yeah, did, did gas, did, like, petrol prices go down very much? Nah, not that I no. recall, no. Maybe a little bit. It's all a scheme. The, the uh, I'll try and find it very quickly, actually. I watched a very good video um, by... Uh, YouTube channel called Climate Town talking about who actually controls gas prices. And I think if you want to try and understand how like the petrol cost actually is affected, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good explainer. Okay. Twenty something minute video. Have a look for it. At one point, uh the 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 there's a breakdown of of uh the cost of fuel over time compared to like different elements of the market. Um and I think that part especially is, is interesting. I'll see if we can find it. Right, okay, well, let's move on because time is, is ticking by. Let's talk about the Pilate Jubes. The main headline really was that the Queen didn't attend a couple of events because of what was described as discomfort. Death. Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> it's the other, the other D. Yeah. Uh, and, not that, and not that kind of D. Yeah. So she didn't... Although, like, good honour if it was that kind of D. Yep, that she didn't. She deserved to the service at St Paul's Cathedral, where Boris was booed upon her arriving, and uh, there was also something on Saturday that she didn't take part in. Although she was part of a beacon lighting ceremony on the Thursday evening, so the ninety-six-year-old appeared uh, twice on the Buckingham Palace balcony, uh, watching a military parade and waving at lots of people who had gathered. Uh, at the Mall or the Mall in, in London. Right. Uh, the next Jubilee event the Queen was meant to attend or is due to attend is the Epsom horse race on Saturday, although uh, I guess we'll wait and see if she's still uh, experiencing the D um, at that point. James, any thoughts on the, the jubes? We, we did kind of talk about it at the start. Oh, man. People like this way too much. It's well, like, it's the same again. It's just a big charade. It's just a big deal. Uh, I'm glad that people are enjoying it, but... Um, Really, we're celebrating an overlord who just is a leech off of the backs of us and offers barely anything in return. Yeah. Um, and like just looking at them, I saw videos of them all on their little balcony looking down on everyone. I just felt so... I felt bad for everyone who was there, just getting looked down on literally by a bunch of people who... Uh, are not nice. They're just bad people. I like the more I, the more you but read about also them, the people. more people. That's it. They're just people. And they're yeah. One, they're just people, and two, they're not even good people. They are not pleasant people. 
their history not nice. The current generation still not nice. You might think, well, all the bad stuff happened years ago. No, they're still lobbying governments to pay less taxes yeah, yeah. and not not pay their fair share. And not only that, I found out very recently, which granted, I don't read about the Queen a lot. She had like some siblings who they just pretended died because they were disabled. Really? As far as I'm aware, is is this queen <laughs> had had two sisters who were just disabled. They had disabilities and they got quietly like shipped off to some hospitals and everyone got told they died and but they weren't dead. <laughs> they died like decades later. Wow. And uh, that kind of thing happened with this generation of royalty. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> Everybody else who has disabled family members steps up and takes care for them. Yep. <laughs> Not the queen though. That is wild. Okay, let's move on. Scottish government this week has published details of legal Correct advice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet at me. Tell me the Queen's evil for other <laughs> okay. reasons. Thank you. Now let's move on. The Scottish government has published details of legal advice it was given uh, about holding a second independence referendum. Now rather than go into all the details, there of course is no reference as to whether Holyrood has the power to legislate for this without the UK government's backing. Uh, but... Papers did show that ministers were told they could work on the policy to prepare for a vote and to test a question with the Electoral Commission. So, James, again, this has been running and running basically since the vote itself happened in 2014, but certainly since the Brexit vote in 2016. As we discussed before, I see no future in the next, oh, even 18 months. I know Sturgeon had said 18 months before, but no. I just don't see that happening, considering what's going on in the world. There are other priorities to be considered. And I know a lot of people would say, no, the most important thing is that Scotland can do it itself. I disagree. I I think there will be a vote, or rather, I'll rephrase, there will be a vote at some point in our lifetime. But I don't think it should be and will be any time between now and at least 2024, because that will mark 10 years. And to some people, that will say, okay, a generation has passed. Let's go for another vote. But now is not the time. Yeah, uh, I think it's always the time, but I also don't think it's going to happen. So why do you say it's always the time? I'm firmly in the camp of belief that every single like group of people within a nation should be able to just constantly hold a vote if they want to leave or not. (laughs) Okay. Because it actually holds people to account way better than anything else does. And granted, the accounts from the last vote didn't work out. All those promises that were made didn't pay out. Um, But that's why you have another vote, because we got lied to a lot. And I think every other like grouping of people should be able to do the same. If you live on an island, and you want to be an independent island, uh, vote for it. See what happens. Try and ha- try and convince everyone that it's valid. Because it is, it's very literal uh, democracy in a sense where your you're, you're, you're overrulers, this nation that, that, that holds weight over you, has to say why they're worth remaining with. And then the party wants to split off has to say why it's worth splitting. And it's very direct democracy, and I like it. So people should have the power to. So... If the legal advice is that there's just not constitutionally possible, I don't like that. And I think it's always the right time to be having these votes. However, I also don't think it's going to happen because the SNP probably can see that the polls aren't in their favor very much. They can see that there's too much of a cost crisis generally in the world going on. So people will be more risk adverse than usual, which is very understandable. So I can see why they want to delay it by a long way. Um, I think they already have lost their momentum from the Certainly. Brexit stuff and all of the all of the votes that they got off the back of that. And I think if the momentum's already gone, there's no point hold, trying to hold on to it another couple of years. So build back up 
to vote in, in 10 years is my guess for the SNP okay. if they can remain in power. There was one other story with the Scottish government in the last few days, and that was about the census. Did you fill it out? I filled it out. Yeah, okay, so this is the news that I believe the deadline was initially, I think it was March 31st, maybe it was May 31st. Yeah. And essentially they realised as the deadline was coming, Nobody's done only this something like 74% of people had filled yeah. had filled it out, even though the target was 95. Yeah. They spent another something like £10 million getting uh, and extending the deadline and by the time the deadline had passed, which was, it may have been, yeah, May 31st was when it was extended to, I think the res- uh, response level was 86%, right. which, again, fell considerably short. They also then lowered the response uh, target to 90, and they still fell short of that. Ugh. So there's a lot of questions being asked about why the Scottish government decided to do the census at a different time to the rest of the UK, as well as the amount of money they've spent on it, because it is now into the hundreds of millions of pounds. Right. Where did that money go? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess into the people who are like doing the census and all the uh, I don't know stuff that's needed to perform it. Yeah, so like, depending on who that is, I don't really care if they got paid. Um, often t- I only care about wastes of money when it doesn't stimulate an economy, right? So I don't actually know where that money went. I don't want to make a judgment on it. Um, it does seem like a lot, but you know, if it just went into the pockets of Scottish people to go spend in the shops. Sounds pretty great to me. Um, however, <laughs> changing the date of the thing, yeah, if everybody else was happy to do it in a pandemic and it worked out, it feels like a bit of a mistake to change it and have it not work out. If if, if we tried to do it in the middle of the pandemic and we got low response rate, it's like, okay, at least there was a pandemic. Um, and I guess we did try to do it in the middle of a pandemic, but it was after we started pretending there wasn't a pandemic anymore. So you don't get to go like yeah, yeah. the pandemic insurance excuse. I'm just surprised that the system wasn't very robust. It it feels like yeah. you could do the whole thing door to door like they was they used to have to, and they didn't. They just did did it by letters and and the internet. Digital. Which you can't really trust everyone to do. So no, there should have been this follow up where you do get to just go door to door. That maybe they did that, and maybe nobody responded to their doors. Maybe that's where all the ten million pounds things. went. Maybe that's the ten million. They just chucked a little tenner through everyone's door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no. I I also don't think it's a very big story. Senses senses are very important and they're very great. Um, but at the end of the day, how many responses do you need to make a painting of a nation? Like if you got you can pull a thousand people and decide what a nation's opinion on a thing is. I'm pretty sure you can get eighty eighty percent responses from an entire nation and kind of extrapolate some results from there. Okay. It feels like if we got single digits responses, I'd be worried about the validity of the. Of the numbers, but if we're getting Fair such high responses, it's going to feel like valid guesses if we're if we're filling in some of the blanks. Okay, and lastly, for now, I'm feeling very smug because, of course, I've been and uh, gone and come back on my holiday, but lots of poor people have been uh, waiting for <laughs> well, hours. Un- unfortunate people. Don't make it sound like you're making fun of the poor. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, sorry, yes. Unfortunate people, not poor people. Unfortunate people. We are the poor. Unfortunate middle class people have been stuck in airports. Queuing and waiting for flights which have then been cancelled. Surprise! Wow, I'm shocked. Because, by the looks of things, we're having flights cancelled every single day by the likes of EasyJet, British Airways, uh, Flyby2, Ryanair, and a bunch of international carriers. And this seems to be down to a lack of staff. And so people have been turning up really early for flights, which is then making queuing worse because people are there far too early for the flight and then people who are arriving late don't make it. And that's then pushing all things back, uh, people very unhappy, people very sad, 
uh, James, uh-huh. <laughs> there has been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically that UK government <laughs> looking into what this is all about and what can be done about it. But by the sounds of things, it's people keen to get oh, back can't. out for some sunshine, <laughs> and there's just not the staff to get them oh, from A to B. We got to subsidize them more, Colin. We got to give more support to those <laughs> private businesses that aren't adequately staffing themselves. To That's the struggling good. airlines, yes. Those poor little airlines. We got to help them more. The, the, the demand is clearly there, but the, the people that they let go during the pandemic, they, they just haven't rehired or retrained anybody. Yeah, or it's almost people. like they should have just, you know, gone on furlough, kept their staff, kept things going, tried to use whatever means they had to keep the business active enough to be able to adequately regrow back to a post-pandemic thing but instead they took their furloughs they took their bailouts they took their help and they fired everyone anyway and then they're now failing yeah yeah so it's no surprise that all these businesses that took advantage of a pandemic to make money and fire everyone else are suffering and that the the, resp- the the result of their suffering is that people miss out on their holidays it sucks and it's just another failure of businesses to just do things adequately you know, maybe there's an airline out there that didn't fire anyone. I'm sorry if I offended the airlines that didn't fire anyone. <laughs> Logan here is very upset. Okay, let's wrap up. Let's talk about some lighter news and start with Elon Musk. Hooray! He's threatened to walk away from his $44 billion takeover of Twitter. Oh, yeah! Accusing the social media sites of thwarting <gasps> his request to learn more about its user base. Shock after shock this episode. And in a letter filed with regulators, Mr. Musk said he was entitled to do his own measurement of spam mm. accounts. Uh, Mr. Musk has essentially declared the deal on hold pending further information. If I recall correctly, he said he was going to do a random sample of 100 accounts that follow him or something ridiculously small and stupid, but you know, 100 is something. Uh, it's no surprise though. He agreed to do the deal he agreed to do it without any like procedure he just wanted it straight away no questions asked and now he's suffering the consequences of agreeing to a thing without asking for you know due process or whatever uh surprise he wants to walk away surprise are we all he's just he's just not he's not very good with money and he's wasted some more Wow. Yeah, I, I think our take on this is, is pretty clear, which is Musk decided that this was a great idea. And then once he'd kind of gone through the initial stages of excitement, he sat down and realized, oh, oh, hold on a second. $44 billion for a failing website. I'm not sure I want to do that. Okay, let's come up with a reason where I can I don't need to buy it anymore. Yeah, which isn't valid because he agreed that he wasn't allowed to have reasons to not buy it when he agreed to buy it. He he signed he signed it on saying no regrets, and now he's regretting. But sadly, <laughs> the no regrets has to stand. Yeah, indeed. Twitter in response have reportedly agreed to provide Elon Musk with raw daily tweet data. They're going to deluge him uh-huh. with something like five hundred million tweets, which are, are pushed and published every single day. In a res- in response to this, uh, you know, show me how many of these accounts are actually real or not. So whether that's enough, I don't think it will be. But what I expect to happen is that Mr. Musk is going to bite the bullet and pay the one billion dollar fee for cancelling the deal. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, but he might he might get sued on the other end of it because what he's done is sabotaged a business and tanked their value. Yep. So. If he just walks away and he's not allowed to walk away and he gets fined, they, he's still open to being sued by the company that he screwed over. Uh, 
It's just it's just Elon not very good at business. He just buys things that other people that other people made successful before he bought it, and that's it. That's his that's his success as far as we're aware. Yeah. Um, okay. And he he managed to hide that long enough to kind of get into the celebrity spotlight. I'm sure there will be more of that to come, and certainly more of this oh, he's, to come. Yeah, he's, he's constant drama. He'll make a headline every week. Yeah. Uh, indeed, yes. There. This is the news that Joker oh. has a sequel. Oh. Now, this is the 2019 movie uh, from Todd Phillips and starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And this week on Instagram, revealing that Joker, Folly à deux... And that was French, by the way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, very good. I understood <laughs> it as the well. the current title of the script. Now, Folly à deux, I had to look this up, is uh, a medical description for someone with delusions. Okay. Um, don't know why, but it is. And so that is the name of it. And uh, the second image posted on Instagram showed Joaquin Phoenix reading the script. Uh-huh, written by uh-huh. the same people as, as the, the last one. And uh, the, the film itself, which did win two Academy Awards in 2020. Pretty good uh, film, yeah. Took over a billion dollars at the box office basically ensured that there was going to be a sequel. But be, to be honest, I had completely forgotten that that was a possibility and thought, you know what, yeah. as a standalone film, it was it was, it was was good. Was it great? No. no. Was Joaquin Phoenix's performance excellent and deserved praise? Was, yeah, was sure. It was, right. it was pretty good, yeah. But do, but do I need to see or want to see more of it? No. No. I was quite happy for it just to be left alone as a standalone movie, Great story, great acting, well written. Exactly. And now let's move on with life. But here we are, James. We've got a sequel. I don't have a clue what they're going to do with it, but if it's not good, then <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but you know, it could, maybe maybe they've got a really well, good idea. He was left in a hospital at the end of the first movie, so that's where he is. Yeah, he's m- in Arkham Asylum. Maybe they've got a good idea for it. Maybe they'll execute it well, and it will be fun to watch, and it will be uh, tense and enjoyable, and the character arcs will be interesting, if a little bit predictable, I guess. But I didn't want this. Yeah, I would have preferred just more original stuff yeah, and yeah. more follow-ups to things that felt pretty complete. Okay, there's two trailers to check out. Here's the first one, a movie we have been talking about for legitimately years. Oh, yeah. Black Adam. Okay. And this is the superhero movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing Dwayne The Rock Johnson Dwayne the Rock with Johnson. a cape. Yeah. Here's a clip. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. Now, I kneel before no one. In this world, they're heroes. And they're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Okay, James, this is uh, this is the movie where I believe he's meant to be the villain in Shazam, which is the DC movie from a few years ago, which was way too long, but kind of funny, kind of good, quite kind of enjoyed it. It was pretty decent. Yeah, and Black yeah, Adam yeah. was meant to be well received. Uh, uh, yeah, well received. Was meant to be like the villain in this in this film. So here's the standalone. Before I presume he clashes with uh, Mr. Shazam himself. There will be yeah, there will be a clash. What did you think of the trailer slash the the story that it looks like the movie is attempting to tell? Because I have thoughts. You know, I, I was completely okay with the trailer. <laughs> it didn't get me excited for very much. I did like Brosnan in it. He, yeah, yeah. He, he really fitted, and I would have liked more of his character. 
Um, but everything else is just exactly what we would expect from 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 a trailer and from a comic book film and from Black Adam and from The Rock. Um, nothing looked very surprising. Nothing looked particularly interesting. I'm sure I will watch it. I will turn my I will turn my brain to off mode and I will enjoy uh, the film when it comes out. Um, but it really is just a, a The Rock film, like any other The Rock film. Yeah, and that's that's my problem with it. And granted the rock is the rock because of the way he looks because of his charisma that this that and the next thing he is not a character actor he is not someone who can disappear into a role and is memorable for lots of different things he is just going to do the same stuff in a different film with a different title and slightly different costumes on and so whilst yeah i mean the trailer is fine to me the problem is when you've got someone like the rock and you're attempting to get him to play a villain and there are a couple of lines in the trailer where he's like, I don't care how many people I have to kill. Yeah. You can't really... Like, there will be some element of this movie where he has some sort of... Well, he's going to be... A, defining characteristic where he, you know, actually, he, he shows he can an be anti-hero. a good guy. He's an, yeah, he's an anti-hero. No, he's going to be an anti-hero. The, the, in the <sighs> comics, like, spoiler, 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 blah, 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 blah. In the comics, the f- character starts off as a villain, but as it became popular, became a bit more of an anti-hero. It's standard. Oh, right, okay. If, you like, if people like a character... The writers try to make them more and more redeemable until they reach the right amount of redeemable, so they're still popular, but no longer just evil. Yeah. So they're going to jump onto that straight away, especially when it's The Rock. It's going to be the, we understand his motivations for why he's a bad guy, but ultimately, isn't he doing some good too? Um, And that'll be the film. Yeah, I don't quite, uh, maybe there's going to be some heroes being bad and his job will be to kill the bad hero or something like that. Who knows? Um, But you're right. It's not going to be some villain story that is pure evil and makes us hate a character. This is going to be an attempt to make us love the character, for sure. Okay, one more trailer before we wrap up, and this is for Prey, with an E. Yeah. As an E in the middle, not not E at I the end. I almost spelled that with an A, yeah. This is, this is, yeah, P-R-A-Y-E. No. Yeah. This is a spin-off of the Predator franchise. Here's a clip. There's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. Yeah, it's continuation, it's a prequel. No, 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 right, okay, let's just go back. This is definitely a prequel, because everyone in this movie has spears and bows and arrows. Well, yeah, it's... It's 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 like 1900s, right? Colonial times. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Uh, I I really I really am looking forward to this. Uh, it didn't it didn't look like a like an Oscar winning picture. It didn't look no. like it was going to be very much of anything. Some of the CGI even wasn't didn't look very good. But it did look like a good Predator film. And the first Predator film is very good. And the second one, sure, also very good. There's a couple. There's another few Predator esque films that aren't very good. And then that remember that film Predators that came out a while ago with Adrian Brody. Yeah, I liked that film, and um, maybe they were trying to set up a trilogy or something, and they didn't do it. But I did like that film. I enjoy I enjoy the Predator films, and this looks like it should be a good Predator film. And um, one of the main reasons I'm excited to watch it is that they uh, they they recorded it, they filmed it twice. What? Once in English and once in. Comanche. Hey. So there will be an English subtitled version with the Interesting. Uh, Comanche language. I think that's I'm saying that right. I'm terrible at remembering how to pronounce each of these names. Yes, that's about right. Um which which is really cool. And 
I read the headline and it said like, there will be a dubbed version. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Uh, but no, I think, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, I think they actually filmed it twice. They filmed every scene twice. So there will be a proper Very cool. uh, native language version of the film, which to me is is a is a nice addition. Okay, one final story to take us home. But before we do that, dear listener, if you have watched a film, finished a TV show, gone to the theatre, read a book, did something nice for your birthday or for the Jubilee, send it to us, review did it. Did you get it? Did you get a new sleep mask and did it help you a lot with your sleep? <laughs> review it, send it to us. It sounds like James certainly did. Ceaseoperate at gmail.com. Written form is fine. Audio is even better. James, have you watched anything this week? Ah, uh, wait. Uh, I did, but I forgot, so it doesn't matter. I have started two shows. I'm just going to brief uh, mention them very briefly. First one, new season of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, I've watched that, And yeah. from what I've seen so far, I kind of like it. It's only in the early stages yep. at the moment, which is fine. A yep. couple of new characters I've been enjoying to an extent. Yep. And it's, uh, it looks like they're leaning more into back into sheer horror kind of territory. So there was a couple of moments in the things I've seen so far, which were a bit gross, yeah. but not gross enough that I thought I, I don't want to turn it off. I, I will keep watching it and it's fine. The other show, before I come to you, I've started watching is season three of The Boys. Oh, yeah, me too. Amazon Prime. It is back. Yeah, and my goodness. First 15 minutes of that new episode. They, yep, they, they, they really wanted to remind us how edgy they are. The thing, the thing is, if you watch the first 15 minutes of the new season, it is the most, maybe one of the most grotesque, uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen. Yep. And if you are already on board with the boys, you will just kind of swallow very painfully and say that was disgusting yeah. but I'm going to keep watching but for people who are new to it and just say you know what I'm just going to crack it on and see what happens yeah. it is an instant turn off I can totally see why if that was your why. first experience of this show wow yeah, yeah. but I, I did enjoy the first episodes I like how they've set various plot lines in motion and uh, also the fact that they drop the, wee- the episodes weekly uh, rather than just binge it all so I, I do appreciate that very much and so full reviews of that Incoming, uh, James. What what have you started, or what have you watched? I've I've done both of those, uh, <laughs> and yes, Stranger Any Things thoughts? this season is is winning me back over to enjoying the show more than the mediocre parts of previous seasons. Interesting. Uh, the boys. I've only watched one episode, and it was exactly what I would have thought from a show that maybe should have ended it after season one. But I'm still mostly enjoying. Um, yeah, that's fair. I'm also keeping up with uh, Kenobi which I'm enjoying more than I thought I would. Oh, I haven't started. Uh, the, the most recent episode, I didn't like it, though. It was it was terrible TV. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I also watched one episode of Ms. Marvel. I did a lot of, like, I'm currently watching this wow. week. And I enjoyed that enough to enjoy it. And How much brain space can you maintain for, like, different TV shows? Because I think two for me is, is stretching it. No, technically I'm also watching uh, Better Call Saul really slowly, and technically I'm also watching Ozark really slowly. It just depends what oh, mood man. I'm in in the morning, because there's different oh. amounts of brain that I've got, and I like to watch one episode of something. So I'll just pick whichever one feels the most doable that day. I'll sit down with my tea and enjoy it. Okay. Um, And with this, with there being several days in a week, it's pretty easy to watch several shows in a week. That um, is true. And all of them, I am. I, I don't think any of them are uh, the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But they they are of all varying degrees of good. I, I do need to start building in time every day to watch at least an episode of something because, as you've listed there, I recommend it. There are so many shows which I've been meaning to watch and I just never do. So 
that's that's my New Year's resolution for the second half of 2022. Final yeah, story. Like a lunch break for an hour instead of like 20 minutes. Lunch pretty break. Good, pretty good to take a call. It's a, it's a figment of my imagination. Take your lunch okay, breaks. final story. Take your lunch breaks. All of you out there, review your lunch breaks. Let us know how your lunch break was because it's one of the most important parts of the workday. It's True. just not working for a very long time. Talking of lunch, Turkey is to be known as... Oh, terrible. Terrible. You're just hurting and tired. Turkey. 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 Tur- tur- uh, tur- I'm going to do an accent for this. Turkey. Yeah. Something like that. We're, we're butchering it, but we're Scottish, so sorry. Yeah. So, so there's an umlaut over the U. Yeah, and, and rather than key at the end, it's K I Y E. So, Turkiye. Yeah. It's now called that. Officially. At the United Nations. Uh, officially, yeah. And uh, in international, across international bodies, they're all going to be asked to make this name change official yeah. as part of a rebranding campaign. Uh, launched by uh, Tayyip Recep Erdogan, the president, who said that uh, Turkiye is the best representation and expression of Turkish people's culture, civilization, and values. Now, most Turks. Now, this is uh, this was news to me, and we've discussed right. this before. Yeah. Obviously, if you are from a country, it is called something different yeah. than the anglicized version. So, the big uh, one. Japan is not called Japan to Japanese people. It's it's uh, Nippon, right? Something like that. The pronunciation evades us. Pronunciation, yes, absolutely. So Turks have already known their country is Turkey, yeah. But the anglicized version is Turkey, it's even trash, within yeah. its own country. Right. So now they get to have their the the way they say it be the anglicized version. It's exactly. So Germany and Deutschland all over again. Yeah. Um. So the state broadcaster TRT has essentially said that this change is down to two things. At uh, number one, uh, the bird. Turkey, which is traditionally associated with Christmas or Thanksgiving, yep. And second of all, it's clashing the brand, and this was yep. the one that this is the one that surprised me. The Cambridge English Dictionary's definition of oh, one of no. the meanings of Turkey as a stupid or silly person. Yep, I mean, yep, I can see that. Yeah, you Turkey, and that's why they're rebranding. Yeah. Any any thoughts? I mean, I get it. <laughs> well, I'm 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 pretty. Uh, Sure. As far as I, as far as I've seen, that this is just a thing that is supported by the population. If it was just yeah, largely, yeah. If it was just dictatory boy going like, "We're going to do this," and it was just like this rebrandy effort, trying to steal some headlines, dodge all of his like corruption, all the discussions around unfair elections and corruptions and stuff like that, I'd be annoyed. But as far as I'm aware, it is just the way that they say it themselves. So why should we be saying Turkey? Uh, so great, good on him. He's actually made a good decision. Even bad people can do that sometimes. Uh, and it might be something small like what you call a country, but I'm pleased. And it seems like most people are pleased. So yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of Sausage Prada. And <laughs> you are welcome to get in touch. You are proud of that one. With the show, I wish. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was. I was. I'm sorry. I really wasn't paying attention to what you said. I was trying to think of an alternative <laughs> name. Yeah, and you can get in touch with Sausage Prada on Twitter at um, yeah. Cisoprade. We're yet to change over our username. I gotta check it. And Cisoprade at gmail dot com. But James, thank you very much for your time. Nice to be back uh, where the news has been uh, more easy to remember. Indeed. Far, far sooner. Oh, there is a, there is a song by Miss Prada called Sausage. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's our new theme song. <laughs> no, no. I don't think we can claim it before hearing it. Let's let's not do that. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll, co- we'll come back to that. Right. Bye, James. Right, bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hashtag Sausage Prada.
Hash, yeah, yeah. Hashtag sausage predator at sausage predator. My favorite sausage. <laughs> <laughs>